Why is Larry sad? Is it because of his face? No, you don't even see his face. It's because of the position and the framing of the camera. Framing doesn't require technology. It requires knowledge of what the camera can tell you. And we'll talk about that next on Two Real Guys. Welcome to Two Real Guys. My name is Larry Jordan. And I'm Norman Holland. Camera position and camera framing tells as much of your story as your actors. And today we want to talk about both. Yeah, it's not about the technology. It's about what you put inside that frame and how you treat it that helps you tell your story. And it isn't just the question of what camera to use and even describable in words. So we're going to bring our two real players up. All three of them. them. <laughs> and show you how camera framing and camera placement work. Camera placement and camera position is something I could talk about for hours because it affects the entire look of the scene that you're creating. While it's impossible in just a short project to put together everything you need to know about camera placement, I do want to give you some ideas to think about to help you as you place and position your own cameras for your own scenes. For instance, we've invited the two real players to give us a hand in showing some ideas of camera placement. Over the years, cinematographers have developed an entire language in the meaning of camera angles, the placement of talent and the feelings they create. For instance, placing the camera in a high position emphasizes the background. Placing the camera in a low position emphasizes the foreground. Close-ups emphasize emotions, while wide shots emphasize environment. Shooting up at someone makes them look heroic. Shooting down at someone diminishes them. Lisa, for instance, here is looking at me. If I ask her instead to look directly at the camera, notice how the emotional intensity changes when she makes eye contact with the lens. First, the audience was eavesdropping. Now, they are participants. Or look near, but not at the camera, look just past the lens. This gives you a chance to see the emotions in the face, but doesn't make the visceral connection you have the instant Lisa's eyes make a direct connection with the lens. Zooming in emphasizes what's in the center of the frame. Zooming out emphasizes what's on the outer edges of the frame. Hello? Anybody home? Centering a person in the frame suggests balance, but it's also bland and non-threatening. This is great for corporate logos, perhaps, but it's not so great for drama and dialogue and shots of people. Framing someone off-center looking into the frame is much more pleasing. The old Dutch portrait masters discovered that if you divide the canvas into thirds, the most interesting place to put someone's face is on the intersection of these lines. Here's an example of placing a face at the intersection and giving them looking room into the frame. Notice what happens here, where someone is placed against the edge of a frame, but looking the wrong way. Notice how this sets up a feeling of being trapped. Watching someone enter while walking from one side to the other is a good stage technique. But having someone enter from the back and walk into a close-up is much more powerful in video. When you have two people talking, don't have them face each other. Instead, have them face out to the camera just a little bit. This is called turning out to the camera so we can see more of their face. In fact, in most dialogues, it's better to see both eyes of a person than just one. Having a person look into the lens of the camera makes a direct connection with the audience, allowing them to directly participate with the actor. 
Having a person look just past the camera lens means the audience is eavesdropping on a scene, allowing them to participate invisibly. This shot has looking room where he looks into the frame. It provides a balanced, neutral feeling. This framing enables us to cut to another shot. When we see both eyes in the shot, we can better see the emotion in a scene and enable us to smoothly cut to a different shot. When you are covering a conversation between two or more people, you need to be aware of a problem called crossing the axis. Here we have two people talking. Notice that the person on the left is facing right, but located on the left side of the frame. The person on the right is facing left and located on the right side of the frame. As we cut to the close-up of the first person, notice that even in the close-up they're facing right and located left. When we cut to the close-up of the second person, they're facing left and located right. In other words, whether we're on a close-up or a wide shot, the individual is always on the same side of the frame, facing in the same direction. Keeping the audience oriented is critical for them to figure out where the screen action is located, and the easiest way to do this is with a quick sketch showing the location of your actors and cameras. Draw a line connecting the noses of your talent and extend this line past them. This is called the 180 degree line. As long as you place your camera always on one side of this line or the other, your screen orientation remains consistent. If you want to create a feeling of confusion and disorientation, place your cameras on both sides of this line. Understanding the importance of camera location, framing, and talent placement will go a long way to helping your audience understand the story you are trying to tell. Norman will be back with a tip right after this. With the advent of high-definition video, one of the problems is that the cameras are tiny, but the images are huge. Because the image is so large, it's really important that you put your camera on top of a tripod or to steady it in some other way. Don't let shaky camera work distract your audience from the story. And that's about it for Two Real Guys. My name is Larry Jordan, his name is Norman Holland, and thanks for watching. Thanks a lot. Thank you.